This episode is sponsored by iTunes. Go to www.cheapseatreviews.com. Click on the iTunes button, purchase anything you want, and a small portion will go to this podcast. There's a document in that guy's ass. We got a classified situation. You think he ate it? No, it wouldn't come out perfect like that if he ate it. Pull it out, Pat. Pull it out. Man, I didn't join the army to pull paper out of people's asses. No, sir, not what I signed up for. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. This is very special episode 103, and today we are talking about Three Kings. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew Exploding Cal Jemison. Three Kings always beats... Two queens. I, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it does. That's true. And I, I don't even play poker, so. That is accurate. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that's it. It's just Andrew and myself tonight for this uh, for this show. Um, both Sam and Corny had last minute things that come up, and they could not have been resolved. I wanted to do a show this week. Uh, I didn't want there to not be an episode, um, so we just decided that the two of us will. Um, Pun completely intended. We will soldier on. <laughs> so, uh, uh, for what it's worth, Corny's middle name was going to be Corny C4 Football Logan. So, I know, right? Those things were amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, football and C4. That's the, only, that's the only way we can make that game more exciting. <clears throat> so, let's pull up a comfy <laughs> chair and dive into the show. Well, what is, what is Three Kings? Um, Andrew is here to tell us. In the aftermath of the Persian Gulf War, four soldiers set out to steal the gold that was stolen from Kuwait that Bush wanted terribly, but couldn't find it. But they then discover people that desperately need their help. That's right. That's pretty much it. This is uh, 1999's Three Kings starring, who did it star? It starred uh, George Clooney, Marky Mark, and Ice Cube. Um it's actually if you if, that, that would be an interesting trio if they ever decided to form their own musical group. <laughs> um, I don't think that would work. Uh, David O. Russell is the director, not David O. Russell, as in he's Irish or Scottish. He's just David O. Russell. Oh, David O. Russell. Yeah, it's not him. <laughs> um, he's his lucky charm. It's funny because someone was like, "Oh, Three Kings." That's a David O. Russell film, and I made the same joke. And he's like, I don't, I don't think he's actually Irish, uh, but oh, if so you, he did uh, Silver Linings, right? Right. Which is so. This is our second David O. Russell movie. Um, he also did I, I Heart Huckabees, The Fighter, American Hustle, Accidental Love, and Joy, which just came out. He did something called Spanking the Monkey. <laughs> what? What is? This? I directed that in. I directed that in middle school. Spanking the Monkey, Raymond. <laughs> Abeli is a promising medical student ready to begin a prestigious summer internship. But Susan, his mother, is immobilized by a broken leg and his father, Tom, traveling... What? Traveling salesman makes Raymond stay home and take care of his mother, an attractive, though unhappy woman. His mother's condition... This is a long intro. His mother's condition leads to the degree of immediate physical contact which Richmond finds disturbing. He soon meets Tony, a high school girl, but his sexual impulses are increasingly confused, especially since he is still upset over losing the internship. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's unfortunate for you. Is, there, is this on the back of a novel? What, I this don't is know a what that huge was. synopsis that here. Was. His mother is played by. I don't know why that matters. I'm just diving in here. Um, nobody that was in Three Kings. That's what I was going to say about that. Or Two Guns or Four Brothers. Right. 
uh, or six, or any other Marky Mark movie that might have numbers in the title. Right. Uh, I was, oh, are there any more? I don't know. Um, so this is a good road trip game, Andrew. I played this road trip game when uh, Stuart and I went to uh, Texas. Uh, we played this game the whole way back from Texas. You go back and forth until you can't think of a movie that has a number in the title. There are surprisingly uh, large amounts of movies that have numbers in the title. Um, I'm not suggesting we play that game because that would be, oh, no. that would be uh, <laughs> awful for the listeners at home. But uh, that's that was um, that was something that we played. So if you're at home by yourself and you're bored, that's a good one to do. Or if you're on a road trip, you should do that. And if you know a lot of movies, you'll win. But sequels don't count. You and know, don't look them up on your phone while you're driving. Well, yeah, you can't do that. But like, uh, like sequels don't count. I can't go Star Trek two, and then you say Star Trek three, and I say Star Trek four. Like that doesn't count. Those aren't technically the titles, though. Uh, well, I mean, they are Star Trek two, The Wrath of Khan. Star Trek three, The Search for Spider-Man. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is, is that Three Kings is, came out in 1999, and it was flipping awesome. I liked it. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I liked it. Andrew, you, uh, had you seen this before? I, When I was in ninth grade, I was a part of this group called the Junior Beta Club. And we had a convention in Greensboro. And in a hotel room in Greensboro, I watched 15 minutes of this movie. And in ninth grade, I had other things uh, <laughs> that I was thinking about, uh, mainly breasts and and things that were attached to them so i you know this movie didn't interest me then but now that i watch it again i really liked it it was a fun movie and it it was i like war movies most of the time and this one had a little comedy with it and action and i liked it it was great uh yeah i had never seen this before this viewing um and I, I, I was completely surprised. I, when, when I, rem- I remember that when it was advertised, uh, I, the only thing I remember was that these guys were going to steal gold. And so I, I didn't know if it was like a heist movie or if it was one of those movies where like three guys go into the desert to get the whatever, the gold, and only one guy comes out alive because the other two like tried to, they tried to kill each other. Like I had no idea. And, and it turned into a movie that, We've all seen this type of movie where three guys go into a scenario expecting one thing, and then as a result of their actions or the actions of other people, they end up having to become essentially heroes. Um, and and I know that that's kind of a trope, I guess maybe, or it's a it's just a, a, a type of movie. I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head, but I know there's a thousand of them. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm, and I'm sure, I mean, I guess it's like, I can't think of it either, but they're out there. Like Han Solo kind of has that, you know, like he's, he's kind of being selfish. He's in it for the money, but in the end he, he does become a hero. Right. Um, uh, there's gotta be, I, I know I can think of better reasons. If you can think, I know people are probably screaming at their phones right now. Like, Oh, don't you forget that movie that came out yesterday. Um, but I can't <laughs> think of what it is right now. Um, Kind of Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of like that, actually. You know, like they're yeah. all kind of in it for their own thing, and then they end up being heroes as a result of the circumstance that they're thrust into. Like that's a thing, right? Yeah. My, my little group, my little Groot doll here was gave me the inspiration for that. Um, I'm picking up what you're dropping. Yeah. Good. Yeah. See, little Groot doll. Where's my <laughs> Where's my camera? There it is. Anyway, um, oh, that was great for people listening at home. Uh, <laughs> I have a little Funko Groot doll, and he he waves at me, or he's he's smiling at me. Um, so yeah, this movie. I mean, it it. So, I, I've learned. I've known some. I've noticed something about myself, uh, Andrew, as I watch these movies. One of two things usually happens as I watch a movie for the show. Uh, mainly, if I've not seen it before. If I've seen it before and I kind of know what to expect, then I usually take copious amounts of notes. Because I know right. what to expect, and like I remember this part being funny, or this part is dumb, and I want to make sure I talk about it, right? So usually this only happens when it's movies I've not seen. So one of two things usually happens: either one, 
it kind of sucks or there's a lot of dumb things in it. And I write a shit ton of notes because it, every time something weird happens or something that takes me out of the moment, I'm like, oh, I got to write a note about that. Right. Or I get so sucked into the movie, I forget to write notes. <laughs> I wrote like 11 notes for this movie. I just, yeah. my first note was Macho Army. And then the next note was Exploding Cow. That's like 13, or how many more? That was That's like uh, 25, 30 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. before I wrote my second note. And that was just because <laughs> it was funny. And it was not funny for the cow, yeah. but it was a, it was kind of a humorous moment. Um, so, and then the next note was that, that dumb soldier, that dumb redneck soldier, not the one that goes with the team, but the one that's out like the one that's driving the reporter. Right. right. And then I wrote sympathetic soldier crier. Like that was my next note. So (laughs) I got sucked into this movie. Just 100%. I was engaged. Mm -hmm. I cared about the characters. I cared what happened to them. Like I was, I was enthralled. I don't think this movie is based on true events, but if, if you would have told me that they were, I'd believe you. I, just, I honestly looked because I, you know, it, it felt to me like it could have been real. And so I was looking all over the place trying to find out if it was based on a true story or, right. or, you know, uh, written based on a story that someone had, you know, something and I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. So. And not just so because, I don't guess it is, but yeah, and not just because at the end of the movie they kind of tell you what happens, um, right, to the characters. Uh, I, I, I just it felt kind of, I don't know, it just they they seemed like genuine, like George Clooney is the badass. He's the know it all. Yeah. I've seen everything. I'm gonna retire in a couple of weeks, and just calm and collected. And I just know what the heck I'm doing. And then Ice Cube is kind of like. The middle guy, right? He knows what's going right. on. He's not an idiot, um, but he's still pretty green, you know. And then you got the Mark Wahlberg character, who's generally a good guy, but you know he's he's kind of unawares of things of the world. And then you've got that really dumb kid. Um, <laughs> uh, what's it? I forgot his name. Uh, uh, Conrad. Uh-huh. Spike, yeah, I kept... Spike Jones is his name. Spike Jones, really? <laughs> um, that's unfortunate. It sounds like a porn. Dude, seriously, because it's Jones with a Z. <laughs> Maybe it's Johns. Maybe it's Johns. It's Spike's Johns. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. His his profile is Spike Jones made one up one third along with Andy Jenkins and Matt. Mark Lumen of the triumvirate of genius minds behind Dirt Magazine. Hmm. Is that a thing? I've never heard of Dirt Magazine. The I've heard of it. It's uh, I the, think it's a. Uh, it's the much isn't it like a uh, guys magazine. Like, no, it says the much lamented, groundbreaking, sassy magazine. Hmm. That's in his uh, his bio. He's done a lot of work. Huh. He's mostly. Oh my god! He directed the movie Her. Like, huh. like that's actually impressive. Because didn't that win like an Oscar or it got it was nominated? Yeah. He's done a lot of yeah nominated. I think. He's done a lot of documentaries, a lot of shorts. Um, yeah, being John Malkovich. That's a that's another big one. That and uh, Bad Grandpa. That one's. <laughs> Wait, did he direct that? He was a writer producer on that. Oh. I think, and it says actor too. Well, good. But yeah, he was the director for uh, being John Malkovich. Well, good for him, writer. Yeah, Jackass presents Bad Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a writer. He also wrote her. Well, good for him. I'm glad he was able to break out that stereotype of that character he was playing. But good God, that guy was dumb. Just, um. He he was one of my favorite parts of the movie though, even though he was really dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was kind of mine too. But like so a lot of movies, when they put you in a place that's hard to relate to, they give you a character who you can relate to, right? Harry Potter, he gives us Harry Potter, right? He's right. the kid that didn't grow up with magic, so we are seeing the world through his eyes because it's crazy and weird and strange and 
when something new happens, he's like, why did that happen? Because you and I, the reader, are like, why did that happen? So movies do that. So I don't know if Marky Mark is our eyes or if it's this guy because... Because if it's this guy, then I think it's kind of telling of how how people view America. Yeah, you know, just when he when he says stuff like, "I'm talking about millions in Kuwaiti bullion." You mean them little cubes you put in hot water to make soup? No, not the little cubes you put in hot water to make soup. Gold bricks, Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that, you know. I mean. <laughs> I got a couple more of him. Uh, so, and to me, that stuff was genu- genuinely funny. Like, I enjoyed that humor there. And maybe because it's humor that I hear on a daily basis in my classes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, I just I just kept shaking my head at that character. He just, I just, would, I was facepalming the whole time. And, and frankly, spoiler alert, I was really sad when he died. Um, I actually yeah. didn't see that coming at all. I saw the shot happening because it was, you know, there's the sniper guy and then he's running and Mark Mark's running and they're going to have this little moment where they embrace each other. And you knew one of them was going to get shot. I didn't expect both of them to get shot. Yeah. Um, and then frankly, after they killed him at the end of the movie, when the army showed up, I thought that Marky Mark was going to die because they were being too stupid to, mm-hmm. to listen to the guys. Um, I, I I thought that was gonna happen. So this movie kind of kept me kind of kept me guessing a little bit, truth be told, which is kind of refreshing a little bit. I think. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, it just it kind of defied all my expectations because I went into it remembering the 15 minutes that I saw, you know, what 15 years ago or however long it's been. Right. And and I back then I thought oh, this is this is kind of boring. But again, I only saw 15 minutes of it or, you know, 10 minutes of it. Right. And so I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, yeah. Uh, this movie had a budget of $48 million and it made 107 worldwide. So that's pretty good. Made money. Yeah. Um, I was talking with a coworker about this, this movie um, and how much, how good it was in the fact that, and you and I just uh, made reference to it, Andrew, is that it, it felt realistic. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't, again, I don't, whether the, the lives of these three men were what they were, what happened in the, in the, in the operations desert storm that they're, they're kind of showing that happened, you know, it was a very short ground war. Most of the troops didn't see any action. Um, it's, it was kind of a, you know, a, a kind of a strange war to begin with. Cause the idea was that this was the war that was supposed to kind of, and they make reference in the movie to, um, Excuse me. Um, remove the ghost of Vietnam because you know we got into a quagmire with Vietnam and why were we there and things like that. And so this was supposed to be a righteous war. We are freeing the you know the Kuwaiti people from the evil dictator, you know Hussein, and then whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so we were talking about that earlier today, and then that led us down the rabbit hole of movies that don't do a good job of that type of thing. And um, so then we started talking about Braveheart and my favorite one to criticize the Patriot, which is zero like historically accurate. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> that's, that's a movie that I loved watching, but I knew as I was watching it, this is not accurate at all. But it was still a, a great guy flick, so to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was funny. Like, like um, a friend of mine... Um, Andrew Lejeune, who we've mentioned on the show before, he and I saw it in a theater and both loved it. And then, and that was in high school. I I don't remember when it came out, but I was in high school and it wasn't until college before I got into history. And then once I started learning our history, I was like, oh, that's not right. None of that's right. (laughs) Okay. All of it's wrong, you know? So like, uh, but that's okay. Um, But it also made me think about this movie, made me think of some other desert storm type movies. Have you ever seen Courage Under Fire? No. That's a Denzel uh, Washington movie. That one's really, really good. That's a, I think there's a TV show by the same name, and I caught some episodes of that. Oh, that's Grace Under Fire. Sorry. Yeah, Courage Under Fire is like Denzel Washington flick with um, 
It's actually got a really young Ben, uh, not Ben, uh, Matt Damon in it uh, with uh, Meg Ryan. Yeah, Meg Ryan is in it. It's a really good movie. Hmm. I'll have um, to look it up. Yeah. I, if it's ever streaming, that would definitely be one worth watching for this show. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other one that I've seen. Um, what's the one, The Sniper, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal that we, we talked about in the show before? Uh, we Jarheads. saw it. Jarheads, right? Yeah, Jarheads. Yeah, yeah. Did you say we saw one? No, I was thinking of I was thinking of shooter. Oh yeah, no, no, that was just another action flick with Mark. Mark yeah, Mark. We've done a lot of his movies. Now that I think about it, we have. Well, he's done a lot lately. Yeah, and and some um, good and bad movies because we did we've done this yeah. one now, Transformers and Shooter. Yeah. Is that it? I don't know. I have to look back. It's only. <laughs> it's not like we've only done a hundred episodes. Um. <laughs> So, anyway, um, so the idea of the movie, right, is like they find this map in this dude's ass, which is kind of funny, and then they, <laughs> George Clooney gets a hold of it, and they strike a deal that they're going to go basically steal this gold. Um, how they get it back to the States, I'm not 100% sure, but I guess there's ways. You can smuggle stuff on freighters and trucks and planes and whatever. Ooh. I'm sure if you have that gold to pay people off, you can do whatever needs to be done. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then and then they end up, they, they go to this village where the gold is being kept, and they realize that the, Republic, the Republican Guard, the, whatever they're called, the, the, the Guard is loyal to Hussein, are still there, and they're right. operating under the ceasefire, but they're, they're pretty hateful towards the villagers for some reason. And, and that poor truck carrying milk... Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe they wasted that much milk, but I guess that's well. The production they actually had to shoot that scene twice because the 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 extras forgot to dive in. They're supposed to pretend to drink the milk. They just stood there watching <laughs> it, and then the director's like, "No, you're supposed to." Dang it, we got to reset. So they bring in another truck to do it. Just kind of I wonder funny. if they had to. I mean, because it would have taken a long time to dry or maybe they just moved the entire set. Oh yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just, yeah, moved it over or, or I don't know. Maybe by the time it reset, it was dry enough. Um, this wasn't shot in, uh, this was all shot in the United States, right? I don't know the answer to that, but I will find I think it, it. I think it is. I think I read that somewhere. Um, Australia, California, Australia, Mexico, Arizona, Oh, okay. Phoenix, Tucson, Yuma. Wow, that's a lot of places. Yeah, a bunch of places. Mostly Arizona, uh, a couple, uh, one place in Mexico. It said Australia, but then here there's nothing that says Australia. It lied to me. The internet would never lie. No. Um, <laughs> that's not right at all. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... The reporter scene was kind of funny when he's having sex with a girl in the in the studio. That was kind of funny. Um, was she was she saying Captain Gates or yeah, Colonel she Gates? Just, yeah, she's just calling out his name, and then he breaks the the whatever. At first, it took me a while to figure out what she was saying, and I thought, okay, she's I think she's saying his name. Yeah, well, it's funny because so with this movie, and this has happened a couple of times before with other movies where I'd go back and capture the clips. I just find myself just watching more of the movie. So like what normally a process that takes me about 15 minutes took me almost an hour because I kept catching myself just watching the movie. And so <laughs> the second time when that scene came up, I was like, oh, she's just screaming his name, uh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and then, of course, he breaks the, the TV and the walls and whatever. Uh, but it wasn't and seriously, it wasn't until the second time that I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's Bubba from Forrest Gump. My gosh, can you take typecast? Because I think like everything I've seen him in, he's like military dude. Mm -hmm. Um, I gotta find his name. Is that Colonel Horn? Ooh, I can't pronounce his name. Mike Mike Kelty Mike Mike Kelty Williams. Yeesh. Yeah, Williamson. Um, but yeah. he was in Con Air, Forrest Gump. He Lucky Number Eleven. That's a good movie. I like that. I I didn't realize that's who that was. He was in Justified, Nashville, Chicago PD. No, he just always seems like he's <clears throat> kind of typecast. Is just 
you know, like military dude or, or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm way wrong. Uh, I recognized a couple other guys in here. I recognized, uh, the Syed, uh, Syed yeah. Taj. Was he in like true lies or something? Uh, or a, uh, maybe it's a, <laughs> he was in a, he was in a short of a, a video called Skrillex and then a word that I can't say without bleeping it. And then the word that, <laughs> <laughs> he was in G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Okay, yeah, that's right. Oh. Um, he was also in Conan the Barbarian. Was that? No, that's not the one we watched. We didn't watch Conan. Um, the Last Airbender. He was in Am I looking at the same guy? Oh, I don't Cliff know. Curtis? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking, looking at the wrong person. Uh, Syed. Oh, I see, yeah. Okay. It looks like Sed, but I know that's not how you pronounce it. All right, so the guy you're thinking of, Cliff, Cliff Curtis, yeah, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I like him. Yeah, he was, yeah, Live Free to Die Hard, yeah, Training Day. It's funny, if you, whatever your nationality is, as long as you look dark, you can play anything. Yeah. Because in this movie, he plays Arab, right? And then in mm-hmm. Training Day, he's Mexican. Yeah. Um, In Blow, I'm pretty sure he's Mexican. Live Free to Die Hard, he's just ethnic, whatever. American. Yeah, I think he's I think he's Middle Eastern in uh, that Push movie. Mm-hmm. I think oh, I remember watching that movie once. Push, I love that movie. Yeah, I, I liked it too. There are not very many people that have seen that movie. I really like that movie. Chris Evans as uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> with telekinetic mm-hmm. powers. Yeah, and Dijman Hanzu, who would be uh, from Constantine that we've seen recently. Yeah. yeah, I like that movie. I want to do that do movie too. for this podcast, definitely. You're right. Not many people have seen it. I've talked. I talked to people about it, and they're like, "What? What are you talking about? What yeah. is push?" Yeah, exactly. Everyone says that, and then you watch it, and you're like, "That was genuinely a really good movie." Yeah, it was. Uh, it's got Dakota Fanning in it, and she's actually kind of okay and not annoying in it at all. <laughs> um, she's annoying to Chris Evans, which is funny, but she's not really annoying to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the last Airbender, he's Fire Lord Ozai. Which they're kind of Indian, yeah. That culture. So basically, if you're kind of, you know, dark skinned, you can play whatever you want. Um, Tony Shalhoub was like that. Remember Tony Shalhoub? Yeah. Uh, yep. He played Monk um, mm-hmm. in the movie uh, The Siege with the Bruce Willis, Denzel Washington. When uh, um, did you ever see that movie? It's uh, uh, I don't think so. Basically, it's kind of like what happened right after 9-11 in real life. Only that movie came out 10 years or 8 years before 9-11, where like, the, the Muslim terrorist kind of sect is like bombing New York, right? And it gets so bad that the U.S. government declares martial law on New York. Mm-hmm. And general, the, the general, what's his name, is Bruce Willis comes in, and they, they set up internment camps, and... They start torturing people, and um, what's his name? Uh, Denzel Washington is with the FBI, and eventually they find who's kind of part of one of the cells, whatever, and they stop him. Um, and then eventually they they arrest Bruce Willis for torturing. He's like, "This is illegal. You're on American soil. Like you can't do this kind of a thing." And um, it was really really crazy. But anyway, um, Tony Shalhoub in that movie is Arab. And he uses the word sand and then the N-word that I'm not going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and he refers to himself that way because it's when everyone's going crazy and throwing, you know, Arabs. If you even look Arab, you're, they're thrown into these, these basically like internment camps and stuff. Like what we did back in the 40s to the Japanese Americans, you know, out in the right. West Coast. It's crazy. It's a good movie, though. Really good movie. And he, you know, he also... Uh, just because he looks this way, was able to pull off an alien in Men in Black. He was an alien in Men in Black? <laughs> Which one was he? Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. Oh, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could just head blown off. I love Tony Shalhoub. I, I do too. <laughs> him as Monk. He, Monk was great. I loved Monk. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, and, I think I've seen every episode of it. I, I know I have. In fact, I've seen every episode except the finale. I never oh. saw the finale. And then my friends were like, don't, it'll just piss you off. So I didn't, I, I never watched it. Hmm. But Psych is what Tony uh, Monk led me to Psych. And I yeah. love Psych. Uh, it's probably my favorite show ever. Um, 
just because of how weird and different and clever it is. Uh, anyway, uh, but that's not Three Kings. Um, sorry, <laughs> rabbit holes all over the place. But when there's just two of us and I don't have Sam or Corny to argue with, milk Sam to argue with and Corny to make bad uh, impressions, I, <laughs> I I'm good. I tend to wander. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna play this clip instead. One gold Rolex give me a very nice split-level house outside of Garland. Five Rolexes that get my family that Lexus convertible. I told you Lexus doesn't make a convertible. Yes, they do. It has room in the back for a kid's seat. Infinity has a convertible, but not Lexus. Wrong. Either way. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny. <laughs> and I didn't see... I mean, there was. I'm sure there's people that saw this coming, but I didn't see, you know, they're going to open up a, a bunker and there's going to be... All these cars there, and right. oh wait, there's an Infinity convertible. Right, and he's like, I, he's like, <laughs> does does Lexus make one? And this random guy in the middle of the desert is like, no, Lexus doesn't make a convertible. I was like, <laughs> I knew it. I told him. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a good laugh out of that. What, what is this? What? Oh, special forces. So this is more of that idiot being an idiot. Any other questions? Yeah, is it true that to be special forces, you got to cut off an enemy's ear? Are you able to control him? Yes, sir. I'll be fine, I promise. Let's get ready to roll in the morning. <laughs> Can you control him? I love that. Uh, uh, anyway. Um, and why do you need to control him? Because of stuff like this. What was that? I rigged the football C4, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That, that sounds like something that, you know, the where I'm from, up in the mountains of North Carolina, that those guys would have done that. Like, yeah, go, go join the military to blow up footballs. And, you know, or it just reminds me of home. Well, sure. That's fair. Um, when I was working up there in the mountains of North Carolina, where we, you and I went to school, my, one of my first jobs was working uh, at the dish room there. And the uh, you know, this is a random story. But um, my boss had, he told me this story. I don't know if I 100% believe him, but maybe, I don't know. But he had a crazy uncle who was in Vietnam. And he came back and lived in the mountains. And he thought that the Viet Cong were still in the woods trying to get him. So he built his house into like a bunker. And somehow got like automatic weapons and built like sandbags around his house and so like no one like you people know that you just don't go to his house ever like the mailman like stays at the end of the road you know what i'm saying like you don't approach his house because the dude is bananas like he's got like an m40 like machine gun nest on the roof of his house i mean the dude is bananas so <laughs> anyway yeah, uh, I uh, I was made fun of the other day. I have a student teacher who's with me from Appalachian this semester, and uh, I went to a handgun course. And I'm you know I'm not a conservative Republican by any means. However, I, I'm not a card carrying member of the NRA or anything. But I wanted to go, and I took my wife because I wanted her to know how to use a, a weapon in case of a, you know someone broke into our house or just for protection. Yeah. yeah. And I told this to my student teacher, and she's from New York, and she looked at me like, are you kidding? Everyone in the South has a gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's actually kind of accurate. It is. <laughs> um, uh, the next note that I wrote was that um, that scene after they leave with the gold and they get ready to pull out the mortar, and then that, like, nine-year-old pulled out a gun and was sniping at him from the balcony. I just, it, it kind of just shows you that, that the, basically the hell that they live in out there and oh yeah that, that a nine year old is willing to, to do that. I don't know if he thought that he would be able to get away with it. He didn't live very long after he did that, but he just, yeah, nothing but sympathy and empathy for that, that I mean, good gosh, that's just horrible. Um, well, and it you know it shows you what kind just what kind of people that are controlling or that were controlling that area maybe still are yeah to some extent and they don't care you know it's just we're gonna get our way and we're gonna kill who we need to kill to get to it yep. even children and women 
Crazy. Um, and then I wrote, that escalated quickly with between the mortars and the mines blowing up trucks. Like, it seemed like everything was going pretty good, and all of a sudden, I mean, complete hell broke loose. Broke loose. And my next note was that um, that they were they were using mortars to launch gas. That is super illegal. Um, they they well. out, <laughs> I know it's war, but like, and again, you have you have to have been invited to the summit to sign the treaty. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But it, but gas was kind of banned, basically at the end of World War Two. Like there was, there was, gas was is is pretty horrible stuff. I don't think we used gas during Vietnam. I'm pretty so, sure we didn't. We used napalm, but yeah. we didn't use gas. Did they say that it was tear gas? Is that what they said? It was? Yeah, mustard gas. Yeah, mustard gas. Yeah, tear gas, something like that. Yeah. Um, because they thought it was that really horrible stuff. That's why he was going to sarin stick, gas. Yeah, that's why he's going to stick that needle in his heart. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen The Rock, yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, this mustard gas, I think, is what it was, or or, um, or tear gas. That's why they were coughing and spitting and whatever. And my buddy, my cop buddy, he's been pepper sprayed, and he's like, it's kind of the same thing. Pepper spray, he says, is the worst. He says he's been tased and shot, and he said being pepper sprayed was the worst experience of his life um, as a cop. <laughs> he said he was awful. He hated it. He's like, no wonder no one wants to do it. Um, I'm I'm really good friends with our. Uh police chief here in town. I need to ask him if that's something that all policemen have to do. Cause I've heard that, but I don't know if that's true. Like, I don't know. My, 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 my buddy, he was LA police. They had yeah. to, they got tased. They didn't have to get tased. It was an option, but they, yeah. but they had to get pepper sprayed. That was required. Mm. And so they just like one, two, three, and then they just hit you in the face. And then you immediately just, you just stick your head in a bucket of water. Yeah, I, the, another thing I don't I don't get about it is is it is it mandatory? Is it like part of the training, or is it like some sort of unspoken initiation ritual? Right, well, he the way he said it was is that um, they want you to experience it in case someone does it to you, then you right. know how to kind of counteract it. Like, yeah, you know, if like some My, out of control person you know comes up and pepper sprays you, and then you still need to be able to defend yourself. I understand that's the intended purpose, but I wonder oh, if yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't if know. it's gotten twisted somewhere. Uh, I do know that one of the the little kind of, I don't know if it was a ritual or whatever, but they're they're kind of their drill sergeant. I don't know what the police term is, but you know what I mean by drill sergeant. Yeah. During their boot camp, you're you're um, when you're doing your day to day whatever, you you're in your kind of sweatpants and sweat whatever you know sweatshirt as you're doing your. PT, your physical training, right? But you always, 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 always carried your baton. Always. Or mm -hmm. baton, I should say. Not baton. That's a director thing. Anyway, you always carried it, and you, you had it in your... I'm, I'm, I'm making the motion with my body right now. No one can see me. But you had it kind of tucked under your arm, and you held it with your right, right hand, right. and it was always there. And he would come by, and if he yanked it from you, he would throw it as far as he could down the street, and you'd have to walk and get it. <laughs> and, and so that became kind of like a point of pride that when he would come and yank it, that he couldn't get it from you. And my buddy Dave was like, I was one of like three of the 40 of us that he didn't ever yank it from. And he says, and this guy was like 6'4", former football player, former like Marine. I mean, Dave's like, this, this guy could have easily killed every one of us if he wanted to. He was just a big <laughs> dude. Anyway, it's just one of those kind of things. Um, see, I mean, these tangents. Um, that's okay. It's fun. <laughs> uh, thanks. Um, uh, I did like towards the end. Um, oh wait, I'm, before I get to that part, uh, just remember, Andrew, if that you get kidnapped, uh, just pray that they put you in a bunker with a bunch of cell phones so that you can do this. <laughs> uh, do you speak English? Yes. Could you? Yes, sir. Look, I have a little problem. I need... Operation Desert Storm? I'm sorry. I need to know the number. The big army in the desert. Come on, it's an emergency. <laughs> Just call the big army in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> uh, that was funny. Um, uh, and then this, so this will lead to my next point. Uh, this is what you mentioned earlier about the cars in the garage. <laughs> now, what do you say, my friend? 
cannot give car. <laughs> okay. I guess we'll buy him. <laughs> and then he buys him. <laughs> so that was great. But that bit what they do where they um they they take the car and they make it so that they think that the, the bad guys think that it's Sodom coming to kill them all, right? Or Saddam, I should say. And they yeah. all like they all leave, right? And I'm trying to think, and I remember the movie, and I'm going to look it up real quick, because they did it also in this other movie. I got to spell it right. That makes makes a difference. Damn it. I can't spell. Sahara. 2005. So this movie came six years later. They did the exact same thing in that movie. Yeah. Where they, they have the, the bad guys. They stole the bad guy's car. And they just show up in the car, and so the guys at the gate are like, "Oh, look, it's a car!" And so they put their guard down, and then they show up. And there's a movie. Yeah, I forgot about that. I actually own that movie, but I forgot about. I own that, that movie too, and I kind of like that movie. I don't know why. It's kind of a guilty pleasure for some reason. I just, yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, like <laughs> it's kind of fun and kind of dumb, and people that are probably listening probably hate me for saying that, but it's. I don't know, like, the, 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 him and Steve Zahn are kind of funny together. I like Steve Zahn at anything. I do, too. And as <laughs> him as an action star, I kind of buy, you know, and they're like, we're going to do a Panama, a Panama. And then William H. Macy's like, <laughs> Panama? No, 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 don't do a Panama, you know? And, like. <laughs> That's another one that I love is William H. Macy. Oh, he's great in that movie. And he's, like, he's like he's screaming at the phone, and he's screaming at the people on his boat. And he's like, no one is listening to me. And. <laughs> Although the one movie that I hate William H. Macy in, and Sam would probably kick me in the nuts for this, but it's the Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park, yeah. That's, yeah, that's fine. There's everything to hate about that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I just The bit at the end of the movie of, of Sahara, when he goes on the roof to try to open the thing or whatever, and he comes back in, he says, what took you so long? And he says, I stopped for coffee. And he said, yeah, did you get me one? Yeah, I got you one, and I got you a receipt. It's just, <laughs> it's just funny stuff. Anyway. Not a very good movie, but it, it has its moments. Uh, anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so they did the bad guy bluff carpet. That was kind of funny. Um, and then uh, the only trope that I wrote was the impromptu heroic speech. You know, that kind of happens. I wrote speech mm-hmm. wrong, which is kind of funny. I wrote speech with an A for some reason. <laughs> um, the last <laughs> clip I think I wrote was... Uh, wait, what just happened? Uh, it was this one. Bolo. Rare rabbit. It's Bolo, come in! Where are you? <laughs> about two clicks outside of camp. We're about ready for that briar patch. I just want to find out where we're going. Man, please, transmitting code here. You got me, Bolo? I think so. Who handles the briar patch? You do. Oh, okay. As our baby goes to the briar patch, everything's okay, right? No, it's the other way around. I'm sorry, sir. I don't remember how the code goes. <laughs> <laughs> and the music was great for that, too. It was just that, fun that and That whole bit, I just I loved it. And that guy, it was just so stupid that it yeah. made, you know, it made that whole scene. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. Um, so there you go. Um, yeah. And then there's... Another, oh, go, oh, go ahead. ahead. Now, the, uh, <laughs> the other scene that he's in with the night vision goggles. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to use night vision. <laughs> they don't, you know, they don't work outside in the daylight. They do a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, and of course, there is. We can't forget this. When I see far, I'm gonna scream golden. <laughs> okay, that was last week. Um, but I'm keeping that forever. I actually said golding the other day in class. <laughs> My kids were like, "What are you talking about? What is golding?" Uh, nothing. Said, uh, and then you, and then you hum to yourself. Why do I have three nipples? <laughs> um, you know who doesn't have three nipples? Audible.com. You can get an, a free they audiobook <laughs> that we know of. You can get a free audiobook and a thirty-day free trial at audibletrial.com/slash/cheapseatreviews. Uh, there wasn't really much trivia in this movie, but uh, I love this type of trivia. David O. Russell, I cha cha cha. Never wanted George Clooney for the lead role, accepting him only after Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson, Nicolas Cage, and Dustin Hoffman all turned down the part. As a result, his relationship with Clooney was tense during filming, 
culminating in a fist fight after Clooney objected to the way Russell was treating an extra. After the premiere, Clooney said while he respected Russell's talent, he would never work with the director again. So there you go. Uh, in the cel- I, I could not have seen Dustin Hoffman in this role. I couldn't have seen Nicolas Cage in this movie. Well, I could have, but I would have hated it because it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I would have hated it too. Clint Eastwood, I kind of, I could kind of buy. And yeah. this is '99, so Mel Gibson wasn't crazy yet. So I kind of, I could have bought him as that also. Uh, the only, you know, or maybe a Russell Crowe. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I George Clooney just has a certain kind of charm about him. I think that certainly Eastwood doesn't do. Like Eastwood is just, he's always just kind of angry and mean and. Yeah. Like he would have been scary colonel guy or major mm-hmm. or whatever he was. Um right? I can't remember what he is. Uh it doesn't say. Anyway. Ma- major. Major Gates. That doesn't matter. I um, did my uh I did I how I met your mother salute when I heard that, so I, I think it's major. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> major buzzkill. Major buzzkill. Yeah. Uh, in the celebratory scene in the tent back at the base camp, several soldiers drink what appears to be mouthwash. During the Gulf War, soldiers followed General Order Number 1, which prohibits consumption of alcohol and currently affects soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan today. In this case, they asked loved ones to send them vodka in blue, with blue food coloring in mouthwash bottles. I don't know why I haven't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and in the scene where they torture Troy Barlow with the electric shocks, they actually shocked Mark Wahlberg for real. He said he wanted to get into the role, and since they had all the equipment there, they hooked him up and gave him a shock. Of course they did. I respect that. As yeah. an, you know, as an actor wanting to learn what it really feels like, because you know, how do you know how to react if you don't right. know what it feels like? You know, maybe that's why they get uh, police get shot in the eye with pepper spray. Maybe I mean, like <laughs> trying to get into character. <laughs> um, there's a. Have you ever seen Zero Dark Thirty? Yes. The character that began the movie, they waterboard him. Like that's real. Yeah, oh yeah. Like yeah. They actually waterboard him, and then they shove him in that box. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you fake that. That that was that was awful. That scene was hard to watch, actually. Um, so uh, so uh, continuing on our new little bit where we asked if we would recast this movie. Uh, we kind of just talked about it a little bit, but if we, this movie is now, what, uh, 17 years old. Yeah. So if we were to make this movie today, who would you get in the roles? Um, oh gosh, today. Mm. So I was trying to think um, of Mark, Mark Wahlberg's character. Honestly, you could put like, like a Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Chris Evans or maybe not Chris Evans, Chris uh, Hemsworth or Liam Hemsworth, one of those. Yeah, well, one of those guys. Yeah, probably Liam would probably be better. Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. Um, Ice Cube. I'm trying to think. He was kind of the, the kind of the. He was kind of the moral compass of the group. It felt like sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, who could you get for him? And I'm not just trying to think of other black actors just because he was black, but. Right. Um. I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, it is. He actually did a really good job in this role. I mean, he, he did. He didn't have to do a whole lot of acting. He just basically yelled a lot. But, um, and <laughs> I don't know why I just thought about this. Maybe because of the movie Joe Dirt, but you could get David Spade to play that idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he'd been too way too old, but still. <laughs> um. I don't know George Clooney character. Who do you change? Who do you get for that character? Who do you get for that role? Who's who has kind of got that cachet right now? Um, with with that kind of charm, I don't know. That's you know. Uh, I'm trying to think like. Um. Oh my gosh, sorry. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I I just went to the IMDb page, uh, to the main page because they have like. They're kind of like you're, you're the top uh, viewed people on on their website, mm-hmm. and I was just seeing like what dudes are being looked at the most. You know, trying to see yeah. if I can get um maybe uh maybe Batman. What's his name? Um, Christian Bale. Maybe 
Or uh, what about uh, Josh Brolin? Oh, Josh Brolin would be great for that. Yeah, I think yeah, so. he's got that kind of thing. But what I what I paused and made a noise was is that so today's birthday, I I'm looking, I'm like, wow, there's actually some really attractive people born today. So, Chloe Grace <laughs> uh, Moretz. Oh yeah. From Kickass and from, uh, she was in that new Transformers. No. Wait, wasn't no? She wasn't that. She was in. Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2, The Equalizer. Um, she's going to be in The Little Mermaid? Oh, she's in, that, she's in that movie my wife watches all the time. Uh, one of those Nicholas Sparks, uh, If I Stay. Yeah. yeah, If I Stay, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so she's you know very attractive young lady. And then the next one is Elizabeth Banks is born today, who's awesome and attractive in her own way. And then mm-hmm. Emma Roberts, who is attractive, we're the Millers and other things. Laura Dern once was attractive. <laughs> once was, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know who you are, but you're kind of attractive. Maria Bato? I don't know, but you're, you're kind of attractive. So like it was, it was like in a very uh, an attractive uh, top five, and then yeah, and then oh, about my... about nine ways get get to number nine or number eight. You got Vince Gilligan, whatever, but you got Robert Wagner down there at nine. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of extras that I've never seen. Yeah, before. a bunch of people I've never heard of. But well, happy birthday, all you people. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Random thing. Just Jimmy Durante, <laughs> who is dead. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Three Kings. So there you go. So James Brolin, yeah. uh, Liam Hemsworth, and uh, Kevin. No. Uh, uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, there you go. You can pull that off. I can pull that. All right, I'd, I'd pay money to watch that movie. Another another good one, uh, maybe for the uh, uh, Gates character mm-hmm. is, uh, I mean, he's reaching. Well, maybe he's not. Maybe he's still there. Um, uh, what's his name? DiCaprio. Might have been okay in that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's old enough. I think. Yeah, I could kind of buy that. And, you know, I hated his movies early on, but he's been doing some pretty good, decent stuff. You know, I don't want to say good yet, but decent. It is kind of funny how that happened, right? Like, especially for, like, guys you and I our age, like, we all hated Titanic, and we hated him because of Titanic. Yeah. Um, And then, like, and then he hit this, this, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to remember when it was, but he, because I, because, like, he, so he does Titanic, right, which was, Whatever. Uh, he was in Critters 3. That's kind of funny. And he did Romeo and Juliet, which I kind of hated. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Before that, he was actually in The Quick and the Dead, which is actually a good movie. That's a Sam Raimi movie. It's a good movie. Um, what's that? Uh, where's the one that he played the kid that was uh, mentally handicapped? Uh, oh, that's What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, yeah. I liked him in that one. That, but that, That's a good movie, too. But it, seriously, it wasn't until Gangs of New York before I started, like, Treating him yeah. as a real actor, yeah. Because yeah. Gangs of New York is a great movie, and Scorsese should have won an Oscar for it, and it was, oh, it was absolutely. And then he does Catch Me If You Can, and then and then The Departed, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm with you now. And then, and then ever like pretty much like since Inception, it's like, oh, you can do whatever the hell you want to now. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have anything up after The Revenant. He doesn't have anything coming up. Well, he doesn't say or show. But anyway. Um, so there you go. That's, that is our recasting bit. We're going to keep doing that every week. Soundtrack grade. Trip you told, I, I I forgot there was even a soundtrack in this movie because it was barely there, except in those kind of fun moments. <laughs> and that was just bongos. Right. There wasn't a whole <laughs> lot of... I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot of score and... Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up and see who it is, and I'm gonna feel real bad if it's somebody that I really really like. Um, which, by the way, Judy Greer, I I kind of have a thing for her. I don't know what it is, and I think mainly well because in she's in her more life. recent movies, like she's gotten hotter, she's got older. Yeah, I thought she was hot in this movie. Carter Burwell was the direct was the uh, sound or the music. I can't use words, um, Andrew. I think he fixes uh, washing machines on the side. Yeah. Bur- Burwell. 
He was the composer for such movies as the new Hell Caesar movie. Um, oh, the, yeah, the one that I was just saying I want to see. That's yeah, good. He did uh, the Twilight, uh, Breaking Dawn one and two. Uh, he did the Blind Side. He did. Oh, the, okay, that's the first Twilight. A Serious Man, Where the Wild Things Are. Burn after me. reading. You had me at Twilight. I no, just... No Country for Old Men. Well, no, I like that film, but I don't oh. remember anything from the soundtrack. Okay. He did A Knight's Tale, which we've done for this movie, or for this podcast. But of all of the ones that I care about, The Alamo. The Alamo actually has really, really great soundtrack. So, yeah, good job, sir. Good job, sir. I think he also did... He did The Jackal. And he did huh. Fargo. Really? How have I never heard of you, sir? What, didn't we do Fargo for the show? We did. This is like our third movie of his. I'm trying to see if there's any more. Um, the Big Lebowski, which was streaming, and then they pulled it. We were going to do that. Um, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the Alamo with um, Billy Bob Thornton. That's actually pretty good. Is that the one with uh, uh, the the what's his name Quaid? Uh, yeah, Dennis not, Quaid is uh, Sam Houston. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Carter Burwell, I need to know more of your work, sir. I apologize. Um, what did I learn from this movie? Well, war sucks, and the desert war was confusing. That's what I learned. And you can have a whole lot of fun with C4 and footballs. Yeah, that's actually probably the most important thing I learned. Um, there, then there's this thing. Ooh. Top three. Well, top three George Clooney movies. Who else? Um, so, uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, well, I'll say... I'll say what I told you when we weren't recording. We normally don't uh, don't use the movie that we're reviewing as one of our top three. But honestly, I'm not I'm not going to. But honestly, I would put this ahead of two of the ones that I have on my list. But uh, coming in at number three, I have uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Right. A yeah. lot of a lot of people don't like it, and and I'm not really a fan of the movie itself. But I love George Clooney in that role. Oh, he's I great. He is, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack I thought for that movie was fantastic. I loved it. I, I use uh, this for an Appalachian State connection. The the woman that produced the the soundtrack, the CD, went to App State. Oh really? Yeah, I got to meet her when she came back to do because I was a music industry major, and so they would bring back you know successful cases and like, hey, here's this person who's being successful, successful, successful. Jesus, she's being successful. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> maybe. Okay. <laughs> Uh, number two, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like the original Ocean's Eleven, uh, and so I'd seen that one, and then the Ocean's Eleven came out with the the remake here, and I liked it too. I thought it was great. And then the, here's the one that people probably don't agree with me with. I love this movie, and I've only seen it a couple times, uh, and I don't own it, but I, I'm going to have to find it, and I'm going to buy it with Burn After Reading. I okay. thought... I I thought that it was hilarious, and it's a very dark comedy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's really not a comedy. I don't I don't guess you would say, but it to me was my type of humor. Sure, okay, that's fair. All right, uh, I only have a few little um, alterations to make to to, the, to pretty much the same list. Oh, excuse me. Um, my honorable mention was up in the air. Um, that's um. I haven't of, seen that one. It's kind of a, it's not a romantic comedy. There's some romance in in it. It's got him and Anna Kendrick and uh, that really hot lady. Um, I know that's <laughs> that very, helps. Yeah, I know she's in the new. Uh, she's in the TV show um, Bates Motel. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that show. I'm watching uh, that. Uh, uh, you talking about the the mother? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Vera, Vera Farminga. Farminga. Yeah. yeah, she's, she's kind of hot. Um, uh, sad, kind of depressing movie, actually, but it's, it's still really good. So that's my honorable mention. Number, my number, um, 
My number uh, three, I guess I'm going to say is, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? My number two, and you might give me a little grief for this, not you, Andrew, but maybe listeners. I actually liked Tomorrowland, and I liked him in the movie. Now, the movie isn't as great as I really wanted it to be, especially because it's a Brad Bird film. Yeah. And I had such high hopes for it. But, like, there's really some great moments in the movie, and I like George Clooney in them. Uh, I like kind of that kind of steampunk kind of weirdness that they had going on until the end that it got really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that movie. I think it's I think it's actually a pretty kind of cool movie. And then um, number one is I put Ocean's Eleven. Um, I have a bit with one of my friends, my my coworkers, that I look over at him, and he literally just he literally just look at me and go. You know, like we're like we're adding stuff up, or like we're putting our gear together, or we're getting ready to go do an event. And he'll go, "All right, I got I got ten cables here. Think we should get one more? We should get <laughs> one more, right? You think we should get one more? All right, I'll get one more. You know, and I just stand there. You know, and I look at him. I'm like, I love going back and forth with movie quotes, but that's the only one I can't say anything. You know, with yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, there you go. That's our top three, uh, movie, uh, George Clooney type type movies um i don't think we have any email but that's okay and of course you may send us your email at cheap seat reviews at gmail.com i guess that's what i should have said um also you may um do hold on something else you may get a carrier pigeon and <laughs> yeah, attach a note too. yeah you, you could do that too um Smoke signals work as well. Smoke signals. Uh, I'm not really good with Morse code. You can also call us. You may leave us a voicemail at 704-271-4290. We will listen to them and play them on air if they are of worthy of doing such things. Um, yeah. Uh, so we don't have any voicemails, but that's okay. Out. What am I doing here? Out of 10. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Out of 10. Uh, okay, Andrew. Uh, I am going to go right along, pretty much with um, with IMDb on this. I'm going to go a little bit higher, probably about a seven point five eight. <laughs> okay, let's make the math fun. <laughs> well, Sam's not here, so he's going to get some work when he comes back. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I can add a couple more. Well, we need, you know, I mean, truth be told, we keep doing Hundreds like these. Of a point. They keep doing these, like you know, six and a half, seven and a halves. Eventually, we're going to have about fifty movies that are all the same. Oh yeah. You know, so maybe we need to start adding in, like, go to the hundredth. You know. Um, I, I'm going to give it. I really like this movie. Um, just just to be funny, I'm going to do seven point one five. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Um, it was pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really have a whole lot of problems with the movie. I mean, I just realized that we've been talking about this movie for about an hour and neither one of us had anything bad to say about it. No. Um, I mean, like you said, some of the, well, actually we weren't, we weren't even talking about that movie (laughs) with, uh, with things that were hard to watch. The only thing that I could say is when they're, Sticking a DVD case in his mouth and shoving oil down his yeah. throat—that to me, that was a little hard to watch. But, but it's—it didn't take away from the movie. Yeah, I kind of wanted to gag a little bit. I was like, bah! you know, like I need to drink some yeah. water and you know, wash that down. Uh, now I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, ooh, um, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I dropped a button. <laughs> you did. What? Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> You, you watch any movies recently or anything like that? I oops, hello mother. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have. I've seen uh, some. I got some DVDs back when we were uh, we had our little snowstorm uh, and saw some things. I saw Spy uh, that just came out on DVD yeah. with uh, Melissa McCarthy. I thought that was pretty funny. A good little flick there. Um, what else have I seen? Uh, watched the watched the one called Bone Tomahawk. Which I really want us to do for this show. Yeah, you said uh, it is uh, really, really intense. Kurt Russell, um, and it's a western, and I'm not a western fan, but this one I could not stop watching. All right. 
Uh, I watched uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies this weekend and loved it. It was hilarious oh, yeah. and fun. And if you liked Andrew, you're Andrew. If you liked Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, you'll Oh, yeah. Uh, next week, we're doing Equilibrium. The uh, Equilibrium, the um, movie with Batman, um, Christian Bale. Uh, so Equilibrium is next week. Uh, you may, of course... Follow us on Twitter at Cheap Seat Review at Cheap Seat Cast, I should say. Follow us, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews. Our website, of course, is CheapSeatReviews.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Um, I am at Sean J. Allred. Andrew is at A. Jimison. Did it right. You, of course, may send your emails to CheapSeatReviews at gmail.com. And again, our phone number is 704 271 4290. So on behalf of Corny Sam, who are not here, Andrew, this is Sean saying good night and thanks for listening.